Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody. It's Life with Chris and Tatum. Welcome, guys. We're glad you're listening today. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Woohoo! It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. I wish I had a catchy tune to join in your song, but I don't know one. I don't have one. Let's skip it because we're not good. I just know woohoo and it's Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, Hey, if you are joining with us maybe for the first time or first time in a long time or whatever, we produce these uh, podcasts every single Wednesday. They come on out. We love it when we see folks uh, that are sharing these out and about. And I pray that they are, are an encouragement to you. And that it seems like they are because there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are listening every single week that are part of this Life with Christian Tatum family. In fact, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? That, that there are things that we talk about in here that we don't necessarily talk about on Sundays. Yes. That we've almost got this little insider talk. You know what I'm saying? Do we? It's like... A, it's like... Like we... we People know different stories and whatever. It's a, a little whatever. more personal here. Yeah, that other we people don't necessarily. It and it's it's actually kind of fun. In fact, it's a lot of fun. So we have been in a two-part... Um, little teaching. Teaching here, discussion on the seven churches of Revelation. And last week was so amazing. And the responses that we've gotten from people on this podcast has been really uh, shocking, and we. I just, I just love knowing that God is using these to impact lives. That's true. Yeah. And we're going to finish up the last seven or the last four letters that Jesus writes to the church. But we talked about last week that you know we're in a difficult season right now in a world where we're at, and that even in the in the last days, that. Uh, we have direction from God as to how we're to live mm-hmm. and that we're not to get caught off guard when all of these difficult things happen, like we talked about last week. There's you know, a, a global pandemic, widespread social unrest, you know, political divides, financial challenges, inflation, that, supply yeah, chain issues, you guys blah, blah, know, blah, blah. Because you live in the world. Yeah, it's just a but crazy But it gives time. us some, some great um, things to rebalance us. And the first question that we addressed last week that the Lord spoke to the church at Ephesus was, are you passionately are you passionately in love with Jesus yeah. and his church? And that's where it all begins. Yep. Returning to your first love and really just Yeah. The second question, and you need to go back and listen to this uh, if you missed it. The second is, do you stand strong when you're tested? A lot of people, they don't. And the Lord is just encouraging us, hey, it, don't you, give up. you're going to go through tough times, yeah, don't but give I'm going to be right there with you in the middle of those tough times. And then the last church, man, they were going through incredible tough times. The place where Satan, this, they lived in the city, Jesus said, where Satan had his throne. But what the one thing Jesus said it, that they needed to improve on is that they were not creating biblical disciples. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be we're like, yeah, tolerating be, what the rest of the world is doing, the immorality. We got to we got to raise up people around yeah, that raise are, a standard that's different. So the fourth church, um, this is the question that that the Lord poses. He asks, are you improving constantly? I'm paraphrasing for the Lord. I don't think it 
came across exactly like yeah. that. So this was a letter that was written to the ter- church at Thyatira, was this, which was a uh, small military town. And Jesus said to these Christians, he said, man, I can see your constant improvements in your love, in your deeds, your faith, and your service. He said, I love how you're doing more than you did than when you first started. Yeah. Which, let me just, can I just stop and say this? What an incredible thing to hear from Jesus. Honestly, I think that we should all strive to improve as we serve and as we minister to other people. Like, we should constantly be getting better and better. But this is the intriguing part to me, okay? Thyatira was the smallest city that they received the longest letter. Huh. You know, a lot of times we dismiss the importance of smaller churches, smaller people, uh, people who don't seem that important, or those who have a role that seems lesser than. But to Jesus, size doesn't indicate a person or an organization's significance. Yeah, absolutely not. I love that. He just tells us to keep learning, keep growing, keep improving. Mm. And then he makes a promise to them. He says that if you'll do this, if you'll keep growing, learning, improving, mm-hmm. you're going to have authority over nations. Hmm. And I think that's what the Lord would have for all of us. Like, don't stop growing. Yeah. And I think it's so telling that the um, the the attention of the Lord that he gave towards like the small things um, the, the small improvements, because what we feel like might be a small step is still a step, right? And it can become easy in our view, like how the world, um, measures growth or measures and value importance can be, can be like only significant things that really get noticed or recognized. But this is such a, such a great example of Jesus saying like the fact that you're, you're doing better than you were at first, you may not be where you want to be, who you want to be in the future, but thank God you're not who you were last year or 10 years ago. So let like perspective, seeing we all can look back, I hope you can look back and say, I've grown, like the Lord has grown me in the last year from 2020 or 2019. And think of all the things that you've been through, things your family has walked through, things your faith has been challenged by, or maybe within your job or in your school or in relationships, in friendships, how you handle and manage heartache and disappointment. You know, God has walked through all of that with us. And look, being able to look back and say, am I exactly where I want to be? Am I, am I finished? Have I accomplished everything? No, no, none of us have yet. But have we grown, and does that matter? Are we giving credit to Jesus? I'm, I'm doing what you've called me to do, and the decisions that I'm making, even in the small ones. Well, it matters to the Lord because He points it out and commends them for that. He says, "Man, I love that you're doing more than you did at first. Yeah, you know, anything that doesn't grow, Jesus curses. When, uh, when he came up to the fig tree to try to get some figs mm-hmm. off of it for food, mm-hmm. it was not producing anything, so he cursed it. Mm-hmm. And when the disciples came back a few days later, the tree was completely dead. Yeah. So things Growth that are not growing, yeah. they're not 
God, God, not, not healthy. Usually, it's it's right? part of our DNA that God's yeah. placed on the inside. He told Adam and Eve, "Be fruitful and mm-hmm. multiply." Mm-hmm. We're not just to be stagnant. That's not in keeping with the mission and mandate of Jesus Christ. Yeah. He wants us to continually improve. So, are are you improving in your marriage? Are you improving in your leadership? Are you improving in um, your your financial stewardship? Are you improving? Uh, in your generosity, in your or are you faith, still at the same level your, of generosity that you yeah. were three years ago? Yeah, it's true. Great questions for us to ask ourselves. And the Lord and is, the is Lord posing to, these to us. Yeah. He's like, he's saying in these last days, because this is in the book of Revelation, he's saying, are you improving consistently? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And growth is such a natural byproduct of things when they are healthy, right? When you know, when a when a child doesn't grow, we all, you know you take them to the doctor. Something's wrong. They're they're either malnourished or there's some deficiency. We're expecting, you know, when their kids are really little, that they hit these markers every month that their their head is growing a certain size, their length is growing, they're gaining weight. You know, and nobody ever says like, why is this child keep getting bigger? I keep having you know like no. You expect that. It, it, it's a product of health, and it needs to happen in the same way as believers. That should be a byproduct of our a healthy relationship with the Lord and in our faith is that we're growing mm-hmm. year after year. And we, year. we are growing as a church. Yeah. I mean, we are just a few short months away from opening up a new facility that's yeah. going to be play host to a 300-child Christian daycare. It's going to provide us the opportunity to yeah. be... Contain the growth of the children and kids that are already here that we're We made mention this seams. week in our first look tours that we're going to be uh, prayerfully wanting to launch a fourth Saturday night service mm-hmm. uh, at Easter in 2022 yeah. to help us to facilitate the, yeah. the people that are we're coming our way. We're looking to grow our teams to help us uh, equip and the With Lord says that that pleases Him. Good, yeah. Like when we grow, when we're constantly improving, like how we do things now are not like we did, you know, years ago. We we're constantly tweaking, uh, improving, because I believe that we as a as a church we need to shine in the middle of the marketplace right now. I think that the that the church should be a place where uh, marketplace the marketplace looks and says, "Wow." That's how you guys do videos. That's how you guys communicate. That's how you do uh, music and worship. Wow, that's how you you handle your finances. I think that we should be constantly improving in such yeah. a way that the world looks to the church As for how to do example. things right instead yeah. of the church always looking to the world to figure out how to do things. Amen. That's good. Let's be distinguished. And the Lord said, he said, if you'll do this, if you'll grow, you're going to have authority over nations. I call it the irresistible power of better, and it's going to distinguish you. It'll bring you, your kids, your family, your church into a a platform that you have great influence. It's true. Here's the fifth church um, that Jesus writes this letter to, and that's this. Does your reputation match your reality? This is the question that Jesus poses. Mm. So this was a letter that was written to Sardis, and this was the name of the city that they were in, and Jesus said something really, really heavy to them, okay? This one's a heavy one, okay? Here's what he said. He said, you have the reputation of being alive, but actually you're dead. Woo! Wow. 
I would not want to be. Imagine the Lord saying that to you. Yeah, that's not what you, you want have to hear. that reputation of being alive, but you're dead. So, in other words, they had the name of Jesus on the, the door of their church, but their lives were absent. Ugh, the Lord was absent from their Lord. lives. Yeah. May it not be said about us, right? That's what I think. God, let it not be that we declare to be one thing to the world or to our family. And that when it really comes down to at the heart of hearts, it's not truth. What I think of another word is like hypocrite, kind of like hip. I don't know if I'm interpreting it wrong, but it seems like if you if you say that you're one thing and you and you and you claim to be one thing, but you're actually not, it kind of seems hypocritical. That's what I feel like God's saying. <laughs> you know, the thing that I you read this for yourself in scripture, never once did Jesus ever condemn a sinner but he condemned hypocrites. Yeah. Never once. I mean, here's the lady that was caught in adultery and the prostitutes and the tax collectors that were thieves and all this. He never one time ever condemned any one of them, but the hypocrites, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yeah, the religious. The like, religious, which is this. Who, you have the reputation of being alive, yeah. but you are dead. Yeah, dead. it's like a facade. Like nobody wants... Nobody wants that. That doesn't bring life or truth, freedom to anyone. It just binds people with with duties, with religious activity or with the appearance of something. Um, and there's no fruit, you know, like there's no fruit from that. And Jesus tells them, here's what he told them. This is, this is what he said. He basically told them one word, repent. Hmm. And I don't think that's, that, that, I think that word is one of the most beautiful words, hmm. biblical words of all, to yeah. repent. Because in other words, he's saying, I haven't given up on you. Yeah. I love you. I want you to be with me. He didn't say, be gone and forget you. He was no, saying, he's saying just turn, around. turn around. Just repent. Just, just come back. Stop running. Stop living that way. Just turn yeah. around. Can I just, you know, for me, this church is a sobering reminder to me that every church is one generation from becoming spiritually dead. Listen, our hearts can become so easily cold to the things of God, and that's why we need to protect our hearts. These are the guys that he said, I wish you were hot, I wish you were cold. But you're lukewarm. But you're lukewarm. And I'm gonna spit you out, because I don't, yeah, the Lord is saying, just pick one or the other. Don't say that you're something No, 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 he didn't say that to this church. That was a different church that he said this to. We're gonna get to them. (laughs) But he did say, you have the uh, reputation of being alive, but you're dead. In fact, um, read this little uh, Let me read you this statement here. Uh, Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Isn't that good? Yes. Listen, you're either growing daily or dying gradually. And it's starting with your thoughts, really. Your thoughts are leading to what you're saying, and what you're saying is becoming the way that you're at, the way you're acting, and all of that just develops like who you are, yep. who you are. So it starts in your mind. Renew your minds with truth of God's word. And, and that's one of the reasons we, why we've got to stay close to the fire. 
We've got to stay, you know, if you've ever been out on a campsite before and you've seen that fire just roaring out there, if you jostle that um, that fire. Like a bonfire, yeah. Bonfire, all those little embers go up in the air and you'll watch them going up and they're pretty, but within just a matter of seconds. Yeah, they burn out. They get far enough away from the from the heat, from the source. Yeah, so you have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. That's what mm. Jesus said. That's why we need to stay close to the fire. We're going we're gonna to pray for each other. We're going to worship God together. We're not going to love this world. Instead, we're going to love Jesus. We're going to have our eyes on heaven. Amen. And so the Lord asks us today, to, does your reputation match your reality? And I think it's a great It's gr- a great question. And if it doesn't, if you can, uh, if you can and he says, answer repent. it for yourself, then the, yeah, the easy fix, just repent. Just admit to the Lord, God. I've not been living the way that I portray my life to be. Forgive me, God. That's what it mm-hmm. means. Repent. Just ask for forgiveness. Admit that and uh, invite the Lord to, to help you walk the real path in truth. Now, the sixth church that he writes to, he basically asks this question. This one's this, These last two are really intriguing to mm-hmm. me. He says, do you walk through the doors God has opened? Mm-hmm. Okay? So... In this church, Jesus writes this letter through John the uh, the the Revelator is what he's called. He's the disciple, um, but he addresses the church in Philadelphia, and so this church was actually planted in a very very important and in, uh, influential city, but yet Scripture says that they were weak. Hmm. They were weak, and Jesus says something says something so powerfully to them. He says, "I've placed." before you an open door that no one can shut. Hmm. So they were weak, but he was strong. And he was telling them, stop being fearful. Step out. Trust me. Come on, everybody. Walk through the the door. door. We just need to trust God. Even if you feel weak, walk through the door. What? Uh, I was just going to say, when you... Just we're reading this statement out loud, and I actually haven't looked at this um, mm-hmm. note until Chris read it. Do you walk through the doors that God has opened? Like in a second, the Lord just reminded me um, that because this, if I could characterize myself in any seven of these, and not that I'm don't, not that I don't relate to all of them in many ways, but I'm just going to say number six would be something that I struggle with, re- relate with the most. And I felt, even before I re- read this, that that he was telling them stop being fearful and to step out. I'm remembering like just, how many years ago, Chris, did I start um, working at Life Fellowship? Six? 2016. I can't remember. I think it was 2016. Okay. So I felt so strongly like the Lord leading me here um, to be on staff. I begged at the you. I said, "Honey, I need you. You got so much in you." And you said, "I don't think I got anything in me." I couldn't. I there were every excuse that I could um, muster think up. Of trust me, I heard it all. Everybody, listen, hold on. But but what, here's what I want to say. It was it was very obvious to me. God was opening the door, but I had so much. Fear about being um, about being capable, capable, and, yeah. capable to do really what it it is that I needed to do. But God just made anyway. Well, all I'm saying is, 
if the Lord opens a door, it's not about only your qualifications. It's about that the call. It's about God saying, like, step into this. Even if you don't feel like there are other people who can do so much better, there are, you know, whatever excuse that you're giving or telling yourself or the lie that maybe you're believing, just step out, like trust the Lord because it it doesn't, it, it all like depends on Him anyway. <laughs> like in your own strength and your own ability and my own, like we can't do it anything outside of God. And so if it's a door he's open, he's going to equip you to do it. He's going to, it doesn't mean you're not going to fail or that you're going to be perfect, but it just means that do it. Like he's opening the door. So do it. Don't be dictated by fear. Don't make excuses. Just trust the Lord. Like step into what he's calling and asking you to do and just trust him. He is faithful. It's not about you. It's about him being faithful. You be obedient and he will be faithful. Okay. So it says that God opens a door that no man can shut. That includes yourself. Yeah. If God opens it, you can't even shut that. Yeah. Even even through maybe your missteps or the bad things you've done in your life or through no, God's the one that's opened that door for you. Yeah. So hey, everybody, step out. Trust him. Step out. Step out. What do you have to lose? Right, yeah. You got nothing to lose in everything. Like in so many ways. So I think it comes back Mm -hmm. to like for me, um, it it comes back to like your pride. Like do you really think that – because that's what you had to lose, right? If you say yes to an opportunity and then you fail, like you fumble or you disappoint, whatever you're afraid of doing, if it happens, then your pride gets hurt. But who cares? Like, who cares? If God's calling you to do it, it shouldn't be about your pride anyway. Let him Don't do it. Don't shrink back from, from the opportunities God gives you. It, it may be in business. It may be in parenting. It may be in your witness for the Lord. Yeah. When God opens a door... Walk through it. Walk through it. Yeah. It's a, yeah, he's doing it and to he'll, bless he'll you. He'll nudge it's you. You'll know. Yeah. You'll know I'm supposed to do it. And listen, let me remind you, God never said that you wouldn't feel fear. He just told you, don't let fear dictate your life. Mm. So you might be scared out of your mind. I'm always like living. I feel like I live in that, if I'm honest. Yeah. Like I constantly, the Lord puts me in situations where continually I'm terrified to do in my own strength what I know he's asking me to do. Like a child, mm-hmm. I have to say, like, God, I cannot do it. And it's like, oh, no, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Seriously? This is the conversation when, we have, but yeah, he does. When you're weak, then is he then strong? Then he's strong. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. And and the Lord does that to me as well. I mean, every one of our building things that we've done, I have been, I don't have the strength. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> God, I can't do this. And he's like, good, now I can. That's exactly it. So take it. a step That's and watch. That's exactly it. It's like Moses when he was at the Red Sea. Do you seriously think that he can imagine in his own human brain that if I stick the staff out into the water, it's going to part? There's no way. He's not even ever seen a movie like we've seen with it that he could comprehend what the Lord would do, the miracle. But God's not asking us to understand it. He's just saying, would you just obey? Just do it. There it is. We listen to God and we obey. Do what he says. Do what he says. Listen Mm -hmm. to God and do what he says. So question, do you walk through the doors that God has opened? That's the question Jesus was posing to the church at Philadelphia, and he's saying the same thing to you. Here's the seventh church. 
And Jesus in, asks this question, have you invited him to the table? So this was the letter that was written to the church in Laodicea. Okay, this was a city, and these were Christians that Jesus said, "You're not hot, you're not cold, so I'm going to spit you out of my out of my mouth." In other words, they offered nothing to refresh the spiritually weary, or to satisfy the spiritually uh, uh, thirsty. And honestly. I think out of all these churches, this one reminds me most of the American church because they had unbelievable resources. Yeah. This was a very wealthy church, the yeah. church at Laodicea. Yeah. And what blows my mind is this statement that Jesus said to them. And again, I think this is like the American church. Mm -hmm. Here's what he said. He said, you say I'm rich and I have acquired wealth and I don't need anything but you don't even realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Wow. Whew. Forgive us, God. That's yeah, heavy. That's. He said, you think that you got it all going on. Yeah. You, you look at all your material stuff and like, what's up, everybody? Check out how many followers I got on this and check out yeah, what I'm wearing our confidence here. Being in I got all ourselves. this stuff. And wow, look at our church and our buildings. Blah, 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 blah. And he says, No, you don't yeah, even realize yeah. it. You don't even realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And then he says this He says, And I stand at the door and I knock. Mm. He's talking about your heart. Yeah. I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if you'll open up the door of your heart, I'm going to come in and I'm going to eat with you and you with me. Again, that yeah. comes back to that whole idea that he's after one thing, your yeah, heart. He he's wants. after one thing. He's after, he's after love with you, relationship. So think about this. Maybe you've never thought about this. Jesus, they had actually locked Jesus out of his own church. Hmm. And Jesus had to knock to get back in. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. And think about the gentleness of the Lord and his graciousness and his mercy that he didn't kick the door down and say, you know, what in the world? Are you guys out of your mind? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He stood at the door of their heart and he knocked. And I you know. need to know today that God is not busting your door down because he's a gentleman. And he waits for the invitation. And he wants to come in and not tell you what a horrible person you are and how much you yeah. failed at all these different things. But he actually just wants to sit down and have a meal with you. Yeah. He's saying, man, come back to your first love. Don't you realize that by yourself, you're poor, miserable, blind, and naked? Yeah. It's like when Adam and Eve lost the glory of God in the garden. And then they realize, I'm actually naked. <laughs> I think I need to... Like the, the shame came, right? And they felt the shame. All of this. Yeah. Everyone, never let material resources replace Jesus. Without him, you know, may, may we never be a church that can um, uh, have services where, well, they're so good that we don't even realize that God's not uh, even there. God help us, yeah. Yeah, we're, 
We need to realize more than ever before that without Jesus, we can't do anything. We he have said nothing. that. Yeah, we have nothing. Without him, you know, apart he said, I'm the me, vine, yeah. you're the branches. Apart from me, you, you can do nada. Yeah. That's the truth. But with and I think that this church here represents the Church of America more mm -hmm. than any other of the other ones. Um, think about that. Putting your trust in the resources instead of the one that... Owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That created it all. Yeah, the creator. You know, the Bible so. says this. I, there's a, there's a, I forget, it's in the Old Testament. I think it's in Isaiah. That it says that the Lord is brighter than the sun. Mm. Like it, it actually says that the sun is dim in comparison to the brightness, the strength mm. of God. I mean, who are who are we as as people? We're, we're dust to bow our chests out and say, oh, look at how strong I am. Look at how great I am. Look at how <laughs> tough I am. Yeah. And God just looks at that and says, you have no idea. Yeah. That without me, you got none. Everybody, put put your dependence on him. Bottom line, Christians around the world are going through a lot. And I keep thinking every day, could this be the day that Jesus comes back? <laughs> but yeah. until that happens, I want to make sure that I answer yes to all seven of these questions. And I know that you do too. Yeah. And so let me just close this uh out with prayer because I think that these last uh, two episodes have really been um, so relevant for where our lives are yeah. at. I mean, I feel God's presence here as yeah. I'm, I'm talking. And so, Lord, I just pray for every person that is listening right now, no matter where they're at, what they're doing. I just pray for for um, the the reality of your love that you have for the church because you see that there's gold on the inside of each and every one of your people, and that you want a heartfelt love relationship with with each and every one of us. God, may we not get tired in doing good, but God, may we continue to, to dig in with grit and believe, Lord, that our best days are yet ahead with you at the helm. And so, God, we don't put our, our trust in, in, in stuff, but we put, put our trust in you. And so I just pray, God, that you'd bless your people today. In Jesus' mighty name I ask, amen. 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 Well, hey, everybody, we hope that you have a great day. We love you. Thanks. We'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.